That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy. Like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hmm? Ah. Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Jason. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Lock and Key. Today we're covering the second episode of season one entitled Trapper Keeper. It's like the 80s Trapper is, Keeper. <laughs> it's like what? Like the 80s Trapper Keeper. Yeah. <laughs> I had, I Aging wanted me. one that had Kiss on it. Oh, cool. You know, Peter Chris and he, Peter Chris is my favorite, but my, my, we couldn't find one. So my mom just cut one open and slid a picture of Kiss in there. And I was like, you cut my binder. <laughs> it was mine always ended up like by it was so pretty when the school year started and then by the time the school year ended mine was all like like torn Banged anyway up. yeah from being yeah. tossed around because i i loved it and took care of it like that first week and then it just kept getting tossed around i guess mine so. probably did too i just remember yeah. being anal about it wanting to have the perfect trapper keeper for some reason of course <laughs> um yeah it's i mean not to get too much into the episode but i guess that's all about the bear trap right i yeah i that's why it's called that's that. a good point yeah that's probably a good point yeah that was so what what were your general just overall without getting into too much detail thoughts about this oh. episode uh it was good i enjoyed it but it was a little more um i you know i don't even think i watched dawson's creek but i keep thinking <laughs> of dawson's creek for some reason i didn't watch it either so teenage i don't know drama. <laughs> yeah anyway it, it it was teenage drama and and some of it felt kind of generic and predictable too the drama part with the kids but um i'm digging the mysteries and mm-hmm. i still like the acting and even the generic teenage drama i've always kind of been a fan of that i was i was into 90210 and everything so i love 90210 um, i love okay. the oc I mean, god i was an yeah, OC. yeah yeah i didn't watch the whole thing but i watched uh, the many first episodes. Seasons. yeah yeah so anyway um you know it was fine but i hope it gets better and i think it will it still feels like they're setting things up to me yeah i agree i feel like and i and with going along with what you're saying i i do agree with some of that um I see a lot of people saying online that they compare it to like something from the CW. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm okay with that because I'm digging it and I feel like they're just trying to give us this foundation, you know, of, of the kids and who they are as people and kind of showing how they're trying to deal with this 
trauma that's happened to them. You know, they're all handling it in different ways. And I think they're trying to kind of get us to care about that family, which I, I do. I feel like I already kind of care about those characters and, you know, kind of want to see what happens to them and I want the best mm-hmm. for them. So Me too, I, yeah. I feel like that's kind of what they're trying to do and that it's going to, you know, we're only a couple episodes in. So, you know, I th- like I said. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for the cool mystery of the, the keys and, and the kind of darkness of what happened to them. Well, even without that, if it wasn't for the, the house and the, the story of what happened to Rendell in modern day, how he died and also what's going on with his high school and all the stuff with the keys. If it was just the teenage drama part where they lost their father and they had to move to another town, I don't know if I'd keep watching. I mean, if it was back in the nineties, I probably would because there wasn't as much on, but now there's something better than just that. But that combined with all the other stuff, the the keys and everything makes me still, I mean, I, I was watching it going, yeah, this could, um, be a little better but i'm totally enjoying it so good yeah (laughs) good to hear um well with that being said why don't we go ahead and get into our top five um for this week um you want to kick us off sure so my number five is bodhi and echo ah yeah and right from the start the episode makes clear where bodhi's head is at because he writes his goals down in his little notebook. Wasn't that adorable? <laughs> Such a little kid yeah. thing to do. <laughs> See a covert like, mission. <laughs> I like that he wrote kind of this um, this uh, picture of the girl Echo. I'm calling her. That's what I'm and calling it, her. Yeah. She's not. She's kind of not that pretty in the picture. Or she looks kind of scary because he's pissed at her, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's writing Echo, witch, ghost, liar. Like he he's obviously really mad at her. And in the other page, it said find the anywhere key exclamation point. And then on the third page, it said covert mission confront well lady recover anywhere key. So we know that's where his head head is at. And we also know that he doesn't, he thinks he has to do this on his own for some reason. He didn't tell his brother and sister when they asked him where the other key was. He just said, I lost it, but he didn't say how. Mm -hmm. And then when he was talking to Rufus uh, and Rufus gave him the bear trap and offered to help, he said, no, I have to do this myself. So um, I'm not sure exactly why he feels that way, but it makes for an interesting story. It adds a little more tension that this little kid has taken on this big responsibility just all to himself yeah i think it shows a little a little bit of well i don't know if it's if you want to call it maturity or not but he he certainly feels responsible yeah um, that he he found this key um you know and that was the one that was in kinsey's bracelet and he found it and he just maybe felt silly for losing it so quickly like just handing it yeah. over like he was tricked doesn't want to admit you know? what yeah. he did maybe he may, maybe he doesn't want to lay it on his brother and sister either because i mean i'm not sure why but why he's not why he's doing it himself but one reason might be that you know he knows they're suffering and just doesn't want to give them anything else to deal with yeah that could be it too so he meets uh rufus the kid that's helping with yard work around their house and Rufus gives him this bear trap and I was like I the first time through I was like what why is he doing this and Rufus says the most important thing is the bait you got to ask yourself what does my enemy most want mm-hmm. and Bodie's like what does she want and then it cuts to her gorging herself on burgers 
and skipping out on the bill through the restroom door mm-hmm. using Dine the NOR key. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and this whole sequence was really fun because I have to admit, you know, when I think about what superpowers I would want, it's often teleportation. And I think about, I mean, I don't go into a, and buy a nice little dress, but I think about going into <laughs> like a bank vault or something like that, you know? <laughs> and so it was fun to watch her go steal clothes from this department store and cut out through the changing room door. And then she steals these beautiful jewels and goes to this fancy dance club and picks out this hot dude. She's just like having a ball, living it up basically. Probably because I would assume that she's just been cooped up in that well for who knows how long. Right. You know? Well, and it's my understanding. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, I think she's, trapped in the well house not necessarily the well which makes yeah. me wonder well, why was she down in the well but more she was trapped in the well house but yeah i'm i think I'm so yeah glad that you brought that up because echo's actually my number five so i'll just kind of chime in since mine kind of flows with that she she was definitely living her best life <laughs> you know when she yeah. was you know being able to escape from from the well house and I, I i'm like you if i had my choice of any superpower it would also be teleportation so her being able to jump from place to place with that anywhere key and getting some bomb ass clothes and jewelry um you know was was kind of fun i mean it's totally wrong you know she's you know doing the dine and dash and not she's paying the bad for guy. yeah she's not paying for any of this stuff and she's kind of in and out but it was kind of intriguing because i feel like we i mean i feel like we all kind of be so yeah if i could do that and get away with it why not you know maybe a little lean on the dark side (laughs) a little bit but yeah but i mean i think um they're showing that she's uh, like yeah who who knows i might go into a bank vault i don't know but the point i think is they're showing that she's a villain and she's i mean you know the question was what does she want and i think this is all kind of short-term stuff for her right now that she's been totally cooped up and she needs to get out and live life a little bit but she fucking kills the guy who she has sex with yeah um chokes him to death i think i know so, and i was curious what you thought about that because it seems kind of a departure from the tone that mm-hmm. they're that were given the, the show is kind of leaning on a light side it has a lighter tone to it well, and yeah this kind of goes but it's it's yeah it's not as um starkly bleak as the comic can be but the comic did that too it jumped around in tone and the show's done it not just now but also later on in this episode when we see nina smack that dude in the head with the sharp end of the hammer Mm -hmm. you know so it has it has these moments so i thought it fit in what kills me though is that she didn't she's and it's not because i'm a perv or something but she just doesn't take off her um her nighty or whatever when she's (laughs) having sex with the guy because that's where that's where they don't it feels like they're going for a certain tone and so it's not realistic necessarily i mean i don't know some people do that but (laughs) i don't know I don't know. I don't know that they were really having sex. Looked like they were just. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't. I thought they were. I thought they were. Hmm. Interesting. I thought there was just like a simulation of it, not mm. not like full. You know, like dry humping. <laughs> That's. I mean, it looked like they were undulating. Yes. We'll put it that way. But and choking. Because I think he, anyway, I think he had his I, bottoms on too. So. Yeah, okay. Okay. I yeah. guess you're right. So so they got. I guess she just got bored with him. I don't know, but that made it changed it from um, a lighthearted thing, you know, to a. Uh, just pure evil Mm -hmm. and and so in asking what does she want 
um, it's still not clear, but I don't think that this is all that she wants is just to be able to go wherever she wants and do whatever she feels like. I, she, she wants all the keys, as many keys as she can get, which she tells Bodhi, she threatens him. I'm not going to be so nice next time I come back here. You get me all those keys. And, um, and Bodhi already knew that I, I wasn't sure when he went to Tom Savini locksmith, what the heck he was doing. He said, do you have any more keys like this? And I didn't know why, but then we see him put it in the bear trap and it all fits together. Okay. Uh, like Rufus said, figure out what she wants, use it as bait. We know she wants these keys because they're powerful, but, um, we still don't really know. I don't think anyway, why she wants the keys and what, what her plan is, what, she, what her ultimate goal is. Right. No, I don't. Well, I don't think that we know that yet. No, but she definitely feels like those keys belong to her because she goes, give it, give it back to me or something. I remember when she confronts Bodhi at the end um, and mm-hmm. she was certainly menacing towards him. Not only was she, you know, showing her, her real dangerous side when she kills and chokes that, that guy. Um, but then she, you know, grabs Bodhi and, yeah. you know, says that next time I won't be so nice. But, mm-hmm. you know, she tells him, you know, wants you to give that key back to me. Like, but like I get, and I guess she, th- she, thinks or knows that Bodhi is special and can find the keys. And I don't think she can, she doesn't hear that whispering. So she's relying on him to be the one to find them for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing I had to say about Bodhi and echo that I thought was kind of funny is that he gets this bear trap and ends up chopping this little stuffed bear in half with it. That was, <laughs> so he caught I, a bear. Like, he did. He caught a bear. A half a bear's head. <laughs> I thought that was, I was like, oh my gosh, because I thought maybe she was going to come up and around and her hand was going to be gone or something. Yeah. You know, just, and it's all bloody stump. Yeah. And and of course, she, she wouldn't really be hurt or anything because I feel like she's clearly like not human i don't believe um she's some other entity or something but um I, that's what i was waiting for i was like oh i was like oh wow did it actually get her um because she it, mm-hmm. you know there was that pause and then she slowly yeah. kind of st- you know stands up and then when she turns around i was like oh look at that she got the bear um <laughs> yeah funny scene so i guess she jerked out of the way but we don't really know because we didn't see it no we missed out on that mm-hmm that was a good number five. That actually um, was like my number five too, mostly Echo, just kind of her adventure now that she was free and out of the will. Um, the, I keep wanting to say wheelhouse for some reason, the well house um, and, and her um, interaction with that boy. Cause I thought, wow, they're, they are kind of keeping some of that to a dark side. So I know a lot of people complain about there being like, Oh, this is too lighthearted. And it's, you know, but it's like, I agree with you. There are parts and, and, and I don't want to get too far in the comic talk or anything like that, but um, you know, where we see both sides and I think they're just trying to show that she is dangerous um, and a threat. So that was good. Um, well, that was my number five too. So do you want to go into your number four? Sure. So there's a couple things about keys again um, that we learned. First off, this head key makes its appearance. Yeah. This key with a head for a handle. Uh, last episode, this is the key that I was talking about that I was most looking forward to. It's my favorite one from the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, Bodhi finds it hearing whispers from the vacuum cleaner. Um, and it was really interesting seeing him trying to figure out how to use it. Like with these keys, they <laughs> yes. don't all work the same. 
you try it in a door, that's what you try. You never know where to stick these things. But um, then you see when he's with Tom Savini and he turns around and this keyhole appears in the back of his oh, neck and was, he like reaches out to try to it was so <laughs> good wasn't it? I thought it was it's like dole I don't know if you should do that <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny um and Tom Savini locksmith guy says it's uh, 17th century so if that's mm-hmm. true the keys go way back and they keep talking about heirlooms in this family so it sounds like these objects are pretty old and he said it's lighter than any iron he's felt so that makes it seem like it's maybe magical in that way too. Um, but anyway, so he uses it on himself later and he freezes and then you see a duplicate of him behind him. And um, I, I won't go too much into how it works in the comic here. Cause we'll do a comic talk section later, but that part is the same as in the comic. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the difference is this big chest appears and uh, it has all these lights and, goofy sounds and seems to open into some larger area because he goes down into it and what did he say to his brother and sister you got to look in here or something like that at the <laughs> you end. check this out <laughs> yeah so i'm really curious to see the next episode and find out what that's all about mm-hmm. um another thing we learned that i was kind of suspecting last week and also because it's in the comic too um but Bodhi said, you know, when Kinsey was like, maybe that was a hallucination, a mold induced hallucination. And um, (laughs) she he's like, no, mom forgot about it because she's older and grown ups don't remember things. That's how this stuff always works. Like only kids can get into Narnia. And I loved when Kinsey's like, this isn't the lion, the witch and whatever. This is the real world. And then Bodhi's like, come here and just plugs it into the mirror it's like i don't want to bother arguing with you just let's let's look at it i thought i loved when the show does that because they could have wasted a lot of time arguing or her not believing him and forgetting but he just shows her again and reminds her and i thought that was a great scene yeah i liked it with evil kinsey yeah and you could tell she was starting to get drawn in um yeah by that. it kind of captivates them and then the brother comes in what are you guys doing this is um, not a toy. <laughs> and then the last key thing is uh, when Echo, she's using the Anywhere key. I noticed she was in the burger joint. She goes over to the restroom door. I think she looked up at the TV. Did you notice that? And sees, right. I think, the out, outside of the department store that she ended up in when mm-hmm. she went through that door. So I think the implication was that because she saw it on TV, she was able to go there. Yeah, that's what I got from it. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess you don't actually have to have been somewhere necessarily. You just have to have seen it. Um, and then in the jewelry jewelry store, I think she did. She slammed the door shut behind her, and then the security guard opened it again. But then it was just the other, the next room. Yeah, it looked like those like automatic doors that when you push on them and then they shut behind you automatically. I don't know if she shoved okay. them, but it seemed like they just they shut automatically and by the time he got there and comes through, it's like the normal mm-hmm. museum so, or whatever they were in. I just wonder if you leave the door open will anybody else be able to follow you through <laughs> until it closes i don't know i was trying to think from the first episode when bodhi was using it and he went to the ice cream parlor Um, yeah he was kind of standing there uh, 
like kind of like with the door open before he fully entered and he's kind of like what and he looks behind him and it's still his house and then that side's yeah. ice cream parlor and it's hard to tell because when he walks in he shuts the, the door behind him he doesn't leave it open so you can't see right you know so i don't know because if like scott the ice cream guy would would he have just been like what? How come I'm looking at a room through that door? Right, That's and weird. then seeing Kinsey come out of the bathroom <laughs> wrapped in a towel. <laughs> so, that hey, one. Kinsey. Um, and then last thing is we see a flashback. We see Kinsey's dad give her that bracelet that has the Anywhere key in it as a present for graduating middle school and says he's been holding on to it for a long time and it's a family heirloom. And it made me wonder, I don't know if he realizes even that there's a key in that or, or not, you know, he may not, we don't really know what he knew, what he knew. Not yet. Yeah. I don't, I I don't know, but I have a feeling, you know, he hid a lot of these keys. Um, So you think he did it deliberately? I think he did. Yeah. Mm. Just a feeling, but I don't know for sure yet. I, think, I bet you we'll find out. I think we're going to find point. out, and I'm still like I unless said, the show doesn't get renewed. <laughs> I, don't don't say that. Don't say it. we still don't have official word. That's for sure. I, I keep keep yeah. checking, but um, yeah, we don't know yet. I don't know. Um, that's just my feeling on it, and I'm still like like I keep saying full disclosure. I've not yet been able to finish the comic, so maybe if as I continue reading, um, you know, I'll I'll find out for sure. Unless they kind of deviate, I know that they're trying to you know, kind of do some things different just to kind of, Mm -hmm. and I think it's fun to do that, but, um, that's just how I'm feeling. I think you did. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like, I mean, we have this whole thing about grownups forget that's explored in this episode and we see that maybe Duncan forgot Mm -hmm. stuff. But then we saw that this Asian guy, who I think was probably the Asian kid in the high school picture, mm-hmm. knows about the key. Is it just because he has it on him? So that's how he can still remember? Yeah. I, I'm assuming all this will be explored and, and explained because it feels inconsistent right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's for some reason, it seems like some adults are able to remember. Yeah. Um, and maybe if they're in possession, that would, I mean, it would make sense because then why, mm-hmm. you know, their mom doesn't remember her experience with the mirror key, which almost makes you wonder why did they go to the trouble for that? But maybe it was just to, to say, oh, look, she went through something pretty traumatic and pretty scary um, and, and uh, you can't explain it, but then she doesn't remember. So maybe it's to establish that, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that yeah. adults don't remember. So I don't know. Plus, it was cool. But yeah, it was just really cool. Definitely cool effects. <laughs> super trippy and interesting. Cool. Anything else on your number four? Nope. I like that. Well, I don't know. We're going to have to mix some things up because my number four yeah. was actually Whispering Iron. And it was the um, Tom Savini cool cameo one um, as a storekeeper. I thought that was super fun. I have been a longtime fan of Tom Savini since I was a little kid. I didn't always know who he was, but I loved what the hell he could do in the movies. Once I learned um, who he was as I got older and that he was responsible for some of the awesome special effects uh, of some of my favorite movies, I was probably even just more obsessed with him. So I love that we have that super cool cameo from him and it's, you know, fitting because we have you know that group of kids that call themselves the Savini squad so that is Mm -hmm. even more fun and I I did think it was interesting when he's talking about when he 
is examining um, the head key, and he's talking about it being lighter than any iron he's felt. So again, um, who made the? It, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well, who made the keys? What's it made of? You know, that makes them makes them special. And how? You know, is it the the Locke family? Maybe. Um, so I don't know. A lot, just lots of questions, but I thought it was just something fun in that whole interaction. And then I was reading uh, a little bit about. Um, Tom Savini's cameo and it wasn't just you know this kind of fun cameo that they asked him to be a part of there's actually a connection between Joe Hill who was the writer um, of Lock and Key Um, he has a special connection with Tom Savini uh, from when he was a kid so did you ever watch the original creep show from way back in the in the early 80s yeah the one with Ted Danson buried up to his neck in the sand at the beach yeah so yeah do you remember the little boy in creep show that was being punished for his love of comics vaguely he, he was kind of he wasn't like he was from it, it wasn't like one of the um little short stories a part of uh-huh. creep show he was kind of like from the beginning to the end and they okay. would just show like little clips of him well yeah. that was joe hill that played this little boy oh wow yeah That's his, awesome. his character name was billy um, well, that movie was written by, and was it directed by Stephen King too? It was directed by George Romero, right? George Romero, yeah, and yeah. and it, but it was Stephen written King. by Stephen King, yeah. yeah. So they put Joe Hill, which I had no idea. That's awesome. I thought that was awesome. I was like, oh my gosh, I remember that kid. And I saw I, I saw a picture of him in this article, and I was like, that's right, I remember that little kid. And he kept getting in trouble for his love of comics, and he was reading the Creepshow comic. Is what yeah. he was reading in that movie. But anyway, so he was eight years old when um, his dad, Stephen King, was doing that film with George Romero, and they nice. put him in it, and he said he was on set for a week. Um, he said he spent the whole week in um, Tom Savini's trailer, watching him, you know, disfigure all these movie stars and create frightening <laughs> monsters. Um, he's, you know, he just really admired him because he said he's the grandfather of gore and the maestro of spatter makeup effects and he said he was like my first rock star and he thought he was the coolest person he said he wore motorcycle boots and a black leather jacket he had arched eyebrows like spock he said this was the early 80s there was no on-set babysitters they just let tom savini look after me (laughs) (laughs) well he uh was i think maybe the main makeup guy on night of the living dead is Mm -hmm. that right yeah and he did he directed the remake in 1990 of night of the living dead which is kind of that's actually what sparked my love of zombies that movie that's awesome and it's still one of my favorites but he also worked on a lot of george romero stuff and mm-hmm. he brought in greg nicotero for day of the dead when greg nicotero was just this young guy yes and he he was on the makeup team and greg went on to of course do all kinds of cool stuff like evil dead and then walking dead he's mm-hmm. the main makeup guru behind that show and has gone on to direct and everything and uh one time at one of the walker stalkers uh tom savini was there oh, and greg nicotero and they did a panel together i didn't get to moderate it but i was backstage and everything and uh i sense like kind of a friendly rivalry between those guys really yeah because you know tom savini he was tom savini's tom savini was his mentor yes greg nicotero and then That's greg right. has gone on to have this amazing success with walking dead and all kinds of other stuff i think he's probably more successful than tom savini i'm sure he's still they both have a lot of of respect for each other and everything but it felt like a little bit of a 
friendly rivalry there. I could have been misreading it, but that's what I got. Interesting. Oh, gosh. <laughs> to be, I, I hate that I missed him. I know he's only been at maybe one or two of those, and I know I never yeah. made any of uh, the same the same ones that he was at, because I would have been first in line to meet him. I mean, I think he's <laughs> absolutely amazing, and I would have been fangirling um, and embarrassing myself. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I fangirled pretty hard. Did you? I bet you did. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like I said, you said a lot about my number four. I mean, you kind of went more into the keys and stuff, but I really like that specifically, just kind of questioning where did the keys originate or or who made them originally? Was it the Locke family or did they get them from someone else? Or, mm-hmm. you know, just where did they come from? And then, of course, what are they made of? Make, making you think that they could be made from something, some other... Um, otherworldly material or something right. since they're kind of lighter. So I thought that was really interesting. I feel like that's going to kind of come into play later. Like I said, I, I'm still kind of, I, I feel like it's probably known in the comics or something somewhere, but, and since I'm still reading, I haven't got there yet. So, I, but I just feel like that's yeah. kind of something important to note. Plus, just a super cool cameo. I'm kind of geeking out over Tom Sabini a little bit. And I thought it was that interesting connection between Joe Hill and Tom Sabini and Stephen King and stuff. So I thought that was fun and wanted to just kind of mention that. So. Cool. Yeah, there, I, I, there's big chunks that I forget from the comics, but I remember some of it, and I'll just say, you're asking some good questions. Oh, well, <laughs> it's, it's good to be right sometimes or know I'm on the right path, because I, I know I know when people like binge ahead of us on a TV show or if there's like source material yeah. like a comic, and then I'm kind of in the, in the dark about it, and I know people are like, no, you're so wrong, yelling at me while, I'm, while they're listening to me, or they're like, oh, yeah, you're kind of on the right track. So that's good to know. Yeah, I'm excited to kind of finish them up. It's just, I need to go, I just got to wrap it up. It's so hard to kind of, because they're long. They're, they're not just like short comics. I mean, they're like graphic novels. So they're not just quick reads. And, you know, I really kind of take my time with them because they're so good. And I would encourage yeah, anybody that so if, good. if they're not, I mean, you don't have to watch or have read the comics to enjoy the show, but man, the comics are so, so good and so well done. And the art is amazing. The writing is fantastic. So anyway, um, that's my little preach about the comics. So anyway, um, what's your number three? Well, so we don't continue this pattern of me stepping on all yours. Do you want to go first this time? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Go ahead. Okay. Well, so I wanted to kind of talk a little bit um, we, we're finding out that Rendell Locke did not really f- talk about his past, or at least what he did talk about. Like he told Nina, we find yep, out. Yep, that's the same one I had. <laughs> Sh- shut up. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much. Shit. So good. Go, go ahead. <laughs> okay, that's okay. Well, that's okay. It just makes it more of a conversation, no, no, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just think it's funny. We're, got, we're following the same path here. <laughs> oh boy well I just think it was really interesting it's like so we find out that he told Nina he was more of a loner but you know she has already discovered that picture um, of him and a, a group of friends and she's just kind of like oh well, that's kind of interesting but then finds out that they're a pretty close group of friends because she meets um, Ellie who's R- Rufus's mom um, and finds out you know they were all really close they all hung out you know quite often um, and so she's pondering that and then she also meets the um, the one of his old teachers um, who says, oh, yeah, they hung out all the time. And, yeah, he might have been a loner when he was young, but, you know, they were all pretty tight. Um, but then finds out that there's a trauma, um, you know, that 
like, well, is that why? It's a shame what happened. Yeah. 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 So it's yeah, and 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 Ellie's telling about it, it says it's a drowning and and she and Nina's tripping out because oh, he never mentioned any of you guys or any of this and Ellie suggests maybe it's just because it was too too hard and traumatic and he doesn't want to think about it. Right, because didn't they say because it looked like there was what six of them in the picture and they said there were three of them that drowned. There's seven. There's the Asian dude. Uh, Let's see. There's uh, Ellie, Rufus's mom, and her Mm -hmm. boyfriend, Lucas, who she says was Rendell's best friend. There's Rendell and his girlfriend, who I don't think we've really heard about, but they're you can tell they're together. And then there's another guy and a girl who may or may not be together. So there's seven total, but yeah, we know at least three of them were alive recently. Ellie Rendell and the Asian guy. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and we know three of them, she says, right. Three died in, uh, in the drowning. Yes. So maybe there's one more who's still alive left. Right. That we have yet to meet or hear of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but but yeah, so then when Duncan says he doesn't remember any of it. Right. Again. Then then you wonder, oh, well, maybe Rendell didn't remember either. And that's why he never talked about it. And maybe the fact that they don't remember is but- similar to how mom doesn't remember what happened with the mirror key. So maybe there were keys involved and maybe... Um, Ellie is not totally remembering exactly what happened. She just said they were partying and didn't pay attention to the tides, but maybe it had something to do with magic. Hmm. Maybe she seemed to remember. I think she was uncomfortable talking about it. The look on her face when Nina shows her that picture and she's lingering and talking about her boyfriend, Lucas that drowned that, that was telling. I think she remembers more than what she's saying. it could be that she remembers more or she just is sad that three of her friends died, including her boyfriend. you know, um, maybe she just mm-hmm. doesn't remember exactly how it happened, but yeah, maybe she could, re- does remember and isn't, isn't saying it cause it's crazy or something. Yeah. Well, and clearly traumatic cause she acts like that. It wasn't just any high school crush or, you know, high school sweetheart situation. It was pretty serious i guess the how she felt towards her boyfriend so clearly it was pretty traumatic if you're feeling something like that for um you know someone and then they tragically drown that's not a good yeah. way, good way to go so maybe that's partly um why she acts like that too but i feel like there's more to it we're gonna find out there's more to it but um but yeah i think she remembers just doesn't want to remember because it brings back all those feelings i mean she she said that they drowned because of the tides. So you think she's she's lying? I she, think that I something think else they, happened that she remembers, but she just doesn't want to say it. I think they probably drowned. I think that it probably wasn't under normal circumstances. I don't think it and was you because think of the tide. She remembers were, it, but she's leaving that part out. Uh huh. Okay. I think there was probably. I think something happened. I do too. And, I just don't know whether she remembers it. Yeah, and maybe not. This is just, this is totally me. I love to go off on my little, you know, crazy theories. Um, I think that something happened, something maybe uh, magical 
was involved, mm-hmm. I think that yeah, something did. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I think it was tragic. I think I'd be surprised if it didn't. Yeah, and, and so I do think that they probably drowned, but I don't think it was just because they were partying and the tide came in and they, you know, lost track of time or just they got stuck somewhere. I think there was something that um, happened more tragically, and they the the ones that survived made some sort of pact that they just wouldn't like we we're not going to talk about it or talk we can't about talk about it or something because of the it was like. Pennywise or something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they do have Georgie and there is a well. And (laughs) so who knows? Could be. (laughs) They are in the New England area. They're not in Maine or Derry, but they are in um, Massachusetts. That's close. (laughs) (laughs) Stephen King. That's son. Yeah. It's a, it's yeah. One, uh, once removed. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, yeah, I I just thought all of that was really interesting because I, I thought, well, gosh, if I were Nina, I don't know how I would feel. I'd maybe feel really betrayed and then also wondering like what else he kept from her or what else he might have lied about. Yeah. And that's and not a good feeling. She she just keeps getting fa- like last week. It was her son flipping her off and saying aloha. And now it's her, this woman telling her that her husband had all these great friends that they never told her about. She just gets all these opportunities to have this look on her face like, oh, okay. Exactly. <laughs> she's always got this she's so, confused look. Yeah. Bad. And kind of hurt and like, oh, okay, okay. But uh, she's really, I really like her. And like, she's, I think she's just doing the, playing this role really well even just little things like um when ellie came over the second time it to get rufus but she said no we'll we'll let him finish doing his work and it looked like she was just going to stand out there on the porch and then nina said why don't you come in for some coffee but she the way she said that line it was sort of like a little vulnerable like i'm offering you something but um i don't know if you'll accept so it's a little vulnerable and but it could be actually the start of of a friendship like Mm -hmm. we could actually get to know each other there was just all of that contained in that where it could have just been really flat and nothing i think she's really good at naturally just bringing a lot to the role yeah i think that she's doing a really good job with that role and Mm -hmm. i feel like I feel like her character is getting a little sidestepped a little bit with the kids and, you know, because we're getting more of the kids. We're getting them a lot at school instead of so much at the house. And we're getting, you know, I don't know if that's just to give Bodhi that opportunity to explore the house like he's doing and finding the keys and kind of doing. But she had her plot line this episode. Yeah, we're we're getting stuff and everything. Yeah, Yeah, we're getting stuff. But um, (laughs) I feel like she's just not getting as much maybe she'll get more i don't know i feel like they're they're just yeah. focus, focusing a lot on the kids and then maybe not so much on other things but i was definitely more interested in her and bodie's storyline than kinsey or tyler's this episode mm, yeah yep that was good do you have anything else well my number three is is the <laughs> mysteries and we talked all about the um Rendell's high school friends but then there's a couple other mysteries that came up um exactly what was going on with sam lesser the guy who killed Rendell, yeah is at least a mystery to us maybe some of the characters know a little bit more than we do but we're learning more of his backstory and so we learned for example that nina 
took a whack at him because he was threatening to break into the closet where uh, Kinsey was hiding. And uh, I guess you mentioned, well, I guess that's a comic talk thing. So never mind. But uh, yeah, she, it was a little bit more than what we saw last time. She, she was violent towards him and I guess he survived because we saw him in jail later, but still. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we saw a flashback where Rendell pretty much ordered his son, Tyler to help support Sam because Sam doesn't have a lot of friends and Tyler thinks he's weird. So we know that something was up with Sam. I mean, even when Sam first came over right before he killed Rendell, you could tell Rendell was like, um, why don't you meet me in my office? Like you shouldn't be here. He was already concerned by his presence and it looked like, you know, there were already some issues with the kid. So I mm-hmm. assume, you know, that'll get more and more fleshed out and we'll find out what led up to Rendell coming over and demanding to know more about Keyhouse and killing him. Um, and then the, the last one, uh, is just a little thing, but Tyler's friend Javi says he's been hearing stories about Keyhouse since he was a kid. I'm glad he said that. Cause you know, we see that everybody kind of is aware that the Locke family is coming to town and that they've suffered this trauma. And I think maybe the fact that Keyhouse is so well known in the town has something to do with why everybody was paying attention to that. Um, but then he says that there's this. A kind of urban legend or something of this lady wandered in, wandered in, went nuts, and she's a vegetable now in yeah. an insane asylum. I bet you that really happened, and that we'll get more on it later. I think so. I think, I think we will get more on that. I think that was just like a little, maybe not teaser. Really like, yeah, teaser. Of. Yeah, I was going to say like Easter egg. I was like, no, it's not an Easter egg. What the <laughs> hell am I thinking? Yeah, like a little teaser that that's going to come up. That that. There's going to be a real, real person, maybe one of their friends. Maybe it's that seventh person. Right. Yeah. Huh. I like that. What did you think about? So, I mean, you're a parent. I'm a parent. We and we've also been the age of like Tyler um, and have had parents. What did you think about? Did you? I mean, we don't know why uh, Rendell was you know, telling Tyler he needed to befriend Sam Lesser and, you know, help him around school and, you know, kind of, you know, he's like, well, you've got this, you know, social clout, you know, it'll help him out. So what do you think with him telling him, you know, I'm not asking you to, I'm telling you to. Oh gosh. I don't know. I think, um, I'm kind of on the fence about it. Mm -hmm. I can understand him being a guidance counselor. He's particularly attuned to which kids need more help and, and trying not to lose any kids, you know, to have them go, uh, beyond help, which he failed with this kid. But, um, maybe if your own kid is pretty, he excels at at everything, you know, he's popular. He's makes friends easy. He's a athlete that it might actually be good to, teach the kid, you know, you should help people who aren't as um, fortunate or as um, capable as you. So I can understand. But when he pushed so hard, even though Tyler wasn't interested, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way, too. So that's why I say I'm kind of on the fence about it. What about you? Yeah, I'm the same. I I thought the same. I was like, well, I can I can feel like if if yeah, the same things if if there's a kid, you know, that because what can he do as a guidance counselor? He can't get he can't force kids to really get on socialize with him, but if he can kind of do it in a casual manner by having him be friends with Tyler and he just kind of hang out and they're all hanging out in the same groups and that'll get him, you know, kind of in a social 
um, social structure and social, um, you know, going to games if Tyler's an athlete or they're hanging around the going to parties together. That kind of, you know, brings him in the loop and gets him out mm-hmm. there. And um, so I, I feel like there's a good benefit in that. But making him do it, I thought, well, it might backfire. It, yeah, it might backfire <laughs> because Tyler just doesn't have any interest at all in, in doing it. Right. So I feel like that. I feel like there might be something that comes out of that. Um, oh, because yeah. of Randall I think that was probably him, the start but, of you know his downfall. I mean, maybe that's <laughs> the start of how um, Sam found out about Key House because of this is what sparked that, you know, maybe or maybe sparked some sort of antagonism towards either Rendell or Tyler because when they mm-hmm. when he we saw in the first episode in the uh, one of the first flashbacks when. Uh, Sam shows up at the house and he comes in. Rendell says, well, hey, Tyler's not here right now. So I don't know if this is, you know, I think after clearly, um, you know, he's kind yeah. of forced that on him. And he's like, well, he, you know, I'm not here to see him. You know, I'm here to see you. Um, so I don't know if that kind of just started on his path of, you know, whatever it is that happened between them that we have yet to see. Yeah. Like maybe if uh Rendell had not made Tyler do that, Rendell would still be alive. Or maybe if Tyler hadn't been so resistant to his dad, because we know what Kinsey mm-hmm. has said before. She's like, I know that you and dad were fighting a you lot just fighting. before. So maybe if Tyler hadn't been so resistant at his dad, maybe he did something in his behavior that triggered something on Sam. Um, and he may, might feel guilty because maybe he feels if he had done better, um, which I don't know what happened. I'm just speculating, but maybe if he did something or maybe he felt, he, maybe he felt he did, but maybe he really didn't, that maybe there was something that he did. Um, maybe if he could treated him better, you know, he wouldn't have come after his dad or something. I don't know. So I don't know. I feel like we're just peeling layers. We'll find out more, I'm sure. Yep. That was good. Anything else on your number three? Nope. What about your number two? <laughs> My turn. To go <laughs> I'm first gonna again. let you go first. Well, we're gonna go roll the dice. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I, we haven't talked really about uh, Tyler or Kinsey, so I feel like we're gonna be repeating each other again. But uh, I'll, I'll go with Tyler and his friends. So Ty, uh, his friends Javi and is his other friend named Brinker? I think. I don't know that I caught that other kid's name. He's he's kind of. A, let's just call him Brinker. let's do that (laughs) (laughs) they try to get him to steal beer so they're it's all this feels a bit cliche to me which is why i didn't love it but they're bad influence and he you can tell he's not that into it he when they knock the poor shopkeeper down his first instinct is to help him up and then he's like here take this i don't even want it and then he's about to get in trouble anyway but then this guy logan steps in and and saves him and uh logan is the guy that Tyler saw Key, I think Javi's car yes, earlier in the friggin' handicap parking spot. <laughs> Not cool. maybe that's why. Yeah. So so uh, yeah, maybe Logan's a good guy and just trying to save uh, Tyler from these bad guys, or maybe they're all just kind of flawed or whatever. But um, I, I guess the point of this whole scene was to show that Javi and Brinker are potential bad influences and to kind of make us wonder where Logan's at and all of that. So I guess it was kind of interesting. Um, and then another thing with Javi and Brinker, when they ask 
Tyler if, if you know, what happened with Eden was good at the party. And he doesn't want to admit that nothing happened between them. So he pretends it did. And that's, it's also sort of cliched. And I'm like, do guys really do that? I guess guys do that. I don't know. But um, guys do that. pretty weak <laughs> so then this girl that he likes i think her name's jackie she agrees it's weak she doesn't approve of him doing it and he and she gives him an opportunity you know you can either be an asshole or a good guy tyler you can't be both she wants him to tell javi and brinker what really happened and he 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 can't bring himself to do it and at first i was thinking um oh what first of all what a disappointment come on um but also that he just didn't want to look bad in front of them but then i thought uh maybe he's not really afraid of looking like you know he wasn't successful because the fact is that she threw herself at him and he uh he's the one who put a stop to it. And it was because he was kind of having this like PTSD moment Mm -hmm. from his trauma. And maybe he just doesn't want to talk about that. He doesn't want um, to let his friends know that he's feeling traumatized from what happened and it's affecting him like that because it's just too vulnerable. I mean, I'm not saying that's an excuse, but it's maybe just a little bit of a different thing than what it looks like on the surface. Oh, for sure. I feel like Mm. his behavior hanging out with these you know, I mean, uh, I feel like they're jerks. They're not terrible kids. There's definitely worse kids yeah, out there. They're, they're they're jerks. But I feel like he's, you know, hanging out with them and, you know, kind of getting drawn into their behavior because he's trying to escape his memories of, you know, and he is trying to just kind of play it off. Like, I just want to be normal. Yeah. You know, Kenzie yeah. is kind of kind of keeps bringing things up or. He's just like, I just want to be normal and I just, you know, want to be at school and just do my thing. And yeah, I think you're right. right. I think you're on track with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And also I can't be too judgmental of these kids since I was just a few minutes ago talking about teleporting into a bank vault. (laughs) Right. And I'm talking about (laughs) teleporting and yeah, let's steal a necklace and let's, you know, I don't know that I would do that. I would, I'm not sure what I would do, but I, I, you know, I certainly think about it. I'm not going to say I wouldn't think about it. Would I actually do it? Uh, Probably not. I'm I'm not as cool. What would you do listeners? Yeah. Yeah. Write in and tell us what you guys would do with the anywhere key. Would you? be you know i would you know i don't know it would i would love to just i would use it to travel i mean if you can just you know picture Mm -hmm. a door and like you know go to that place i would do that in a heartbeat but i don't by the way there are doors around the eiffel tower i think there's a coffee shop right almost directly underneath it right well yeah well i think because kinsey didn't know that um to be able to picture that then Mm. you know okay Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna give her a pass because she you know <laughs> she hasn't been to the Eiffel Tower maybe she doesn't know where a door is located to place her there because I don't know I've never been I don't know where a freaking door is <laughs> but yeah I think you're on track so with that with, with Tyler yeah for sure. cool that's all for my number two cool well that's hilarious because my number two is tyler and kinsey um but (laughs) oh okay yeah but talking at least going about the kinsey part so we i feel like we you talked you know a lot about tyler and i think made some really good points and i don't really have you know i kind of chimed in with my thought i don't think i really have a whole lot to add to that i do like how jackie called him out on it though and wasn't like you know i know what happened and you know she called him out and was like you can be an asshole or you can be you know a good guy so i like how she wasn't letting him get away with it Um, and she and that is like a almost like a potential call for him to be his best self and this mm -hmm. is the kind of partner you want 
Um, because he, if he had had the wherewithal to answer that call in a impressive way or, or the right way, then maybe she might actually have been interested in him, you know, and mm-hmm. that's, that's awesome. So I like her. Yeah. I like her too. But he failed. <laughs> yeah. In that moment he failed, but maybe he'll, yeah. he'll rise the next episode maybe. And yeah, you know, we got six more episodes. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm rooting more. for him because I feel like deep down he's not a bad guy. I don't, no, I feel like yeah, he is a no. good kid. He's been through a lot. Yeah. He's been through a lot and he's just kind, kind of getting drawn in. These are the kids on his hockey team. And I mean, he didn't know he's just, it's literally his second day at school. So how is he to know, you know, exactly? Because mm-hmm. really at that point before they go shoplifting and before he parks in a handicapped spot, which I always feel is a jerk move. If you don't belong there, then you don't park there. And I just thought that was a total jerk move. And then again, when they're shoplifting and not only are they shoplifting, um, you know, they knock down that shopkeeper. Um, I thought that was that was pretty jerky. But, you know, he doesn't know how far they're going yet because it's only his second day at school um, and he hasn't been around them yet to know that and he's just kind of like you know he's like what the hell um and he does call it out he's like dude do you see where you're parked and he just dismisses it and kind of is passive about it and the same thing at the at the store after they've bolted and he kind of stays behind to help that guy i feel like he's a good guy so i'm rooting for him to do the right thing i think that it's going to be enough this girl jackie is could be a potential love interest for him and it'll be enough for him to um man up um, but I mean, that is the total predictable plot, everything you just said. So that's the only reason why <laughs> then we don't want I it would to hope happen. it doesn't happen, <laughs> but I think it will. Well, maybe they'll make it more interesting. Maybe they'll make yeah. it not so, maybe it'll be Hopefully. somewhat pre- predictable, but maybe it'll go about it in a different, different way. Um, yeah. Maybe she's a demon or something. Maybe, maybe <laughs> we don't know. Um, but then Kinsey, you know, she's not doing quite so well. She's still very withdrawn. Um, but she gets kind of pulled back into the Savini squad when, you know, he wants to, um, oh gosh, and what's his name? Once Scott. Scott, thank you. I've got to start writing these um, guys' uh, names down because I haven't learned everyone yet. But, you know, he feels really terrible uh, about her last experience and wants to apologize to her and kind of make it right, which I like him. He seems like a good good guy and stand-up guy and uh, i know kinsey's really resistant to him and seems to be resistant to his charms but i think he's kind of sweet and you know feels bad it like genuinely feels bad and i don't think that he met her harm when he ends up putting her in the film she takes in the place of eden which we see again um she really likes herself um by the way (laughs) (laughs) she's it's it's almost ridiculous ridiculous that she would go try to be in this movie called splatter what was it either splatter or spatter they were arguing about Splatter house or something like that and 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 then insist on not having blood on her like really that's almost sitcom level like really but whatever and then to have kinsey take her place when we've already established that she's really fragile and she had a moment last week where they were watching a horror movie and that bothered her now she's going to be in a horror movie like i mean scott tried to resist so um but she insisted and and i was i was just a little like critical of that like Mm -hmm. is she really gonna put herself in that position and then the exact predictable thing happens where she has this panic panic attack and gets paralyzed and it's kind of a bummer that it ruins the whole film and i was just like 
wow, that scene was a bummer and it was predictable and it was kind of dumb. That's what I thought about the whole thing. I, I mean, I felt bad for her, but. I did yeah. too. I, I was kind of taken out of that moment too because I thought the whole thing with Eden and her, you know, all yeah. of a sudden, you know, what do you mean I'm going to be covered in blood? And they're like, it was in the script. <laughs> so I'm thinking, yeah, what do you think your the title of this movie is called Blood Spatter, that there's not going to be some blood involved. So I thought that was like you said, dumb. And then Kinsey steps in when we know she's already had that traumatic moment. But I wonder if she was, because of her interaction with Tyler, and he's just like, you know, I just want to be normal. And, you know, I feel like she's trying to push her. She's trying to, she's trying to push herself that, you know, I can Mm -hmm. do this. I'm fine. Everything is fine. And really it's not. So I feel like that's why she did that. I think you're right. But after what she went through where there was this bloody scene where her father was murdered, mm-hmm. I, it, she seems like a smart girl. It, it seems like maybe sitting, it would be, it would have been a good idea to sit that one out where you're getting blood splattered all over you. You know, I mean, I think you're right. That's what she was doing. She was pushing her edge, trying to fit in, but it just seemed like, of course that happened. What did you think was going to happen? <laughs> yeah, I think oh, I it was know. I think it was too the much. The splattering is what's called by the way. Oh, okay. Nice. Thank you. Um I think the, you know, the boom mic hitting that plastic uh right behind her and beside her like when Sam was there was plastic surrounding her and Bodie when they were hiding from Sam. Um, oh, as he was, I didn't catch that. yeah. So that I think is what initially triggered her cuz that's when she had that far away look. Um, cause she seemed very, you could hear, you know, uh, Scott talking and I didn't catch the girl's name. Um, you know, as there is, they're getting ready to count down and, um, then, uh, Gabe comes in, you know, and does his thing and the blood goes, I feel like she was already kind of triggered. And then when the blood hit her, then that I think kind of drove her even more. Um, but I feel like that's what initially triggered her, but I, yeah, I, I still think it was really questionable that she, that she wanted to do that, but yeah, I, think she was just trying to push herself and kind of mirror what Tyler is doing but I think that it's just a good reminder that they they can't just forget and walk away from their trauma you know and be normal so soon so you know Mm -hmm. anyway that's all I had for my number two um my number one is about Kinsey which we've talked about a lot of it one thing um I also was a little kind of annoyed with is she's mad at Tyler because he's preoccupied with his friends, which I can understand. Like she wants some support from her family that went through this together with her. So I get that. Mm -hmm. But she says, you used to talk to me now that real shit's going on. I don't even recognize you anymore. And it's starting to scare me. What does she mean by that? Like he's just trying to like fit in at school and he's made friends and what is it that she doesn't, I guess we didn't know him before, so we don't know what he used to be like, but he doesn't seem like he's being very scary. I mean, she wasn't there for the whole beer theft thing. And she, I don't think knows that he pretended to have slept with that girl. So I'm not sure what's scaring her about his behavior. I'll be honest. I was confused by that too. By when, when she goes so far as to say, you're scaring me. It's cause it's not mm-hmm. like he's doing some sort of heinous behavior or something yeah he's he's just kind of (laughs) maybe she's just feeling emotional so she's being a bit melodramatic i don't know yeah which i think 
they're entitled. It's only been three months that their father was tragically murdered in front of them. Tyler had to witness it. Um, Kinsey, I don't know that she, I don't know that she actually saw it. She had to have heard the gunshot and just automatically, because she was looking for Bodie. That's when they were playing, she was playing the whack a Bodie game with him. So she was looking for him. So I don't know if she actually saw it, but she heard the gunshot, I'm sure. And then is hiding with Bodie, keeping him quiet and, trying to keep him safe but they've you know they all experience this this horrific trauma and everyone deals with trauma and grief in their own way yeah i just didn't understand when she said that whether it was supposed to mean something that we understood or was it just her kind of feeling a lot of emotion and not really it didn't really match up what he's doing but she's just really wants his support so you know she said that yeah but um the other thing i liked uh, i did like about that scene is when this she's kind of there and trying to be involved but a little tentative and then this guy in the really creepy lobster suit walks up and it did look creepy and she's kind of recoils and he's like what's up i'm gabe (laughs) i thought that was good (laughs) and it was interesting. They made a whole legend for this thing, too. It's called Amphropita or something, a local legend, half man, half lobster, fully ticked off about how we persecute his brethren in the deep. Every now and then he'll snatch up a fisherman or whaler or teenagers dry humping on the beach. So I was thinking maybe that's real, too, and we'll meet him later, too. Who knows? Yeah, I feel like that's probably going to mm-hmm. come up again somewhere in the lore maybe and maybe not uh but i feel like there's right. just something interesting about the gabe character himself maybe not so much the the legend that he was dressed up as but something because he's new too yeah he's new so hmm, i don't know he's suspicious yeah i think you're right about kinsey <laughs> though i feel like because her mom's kind of acting very odd, not remembering the whole experience with the mirror key. And she's just, you know, pretty, a little scattered, I I feel. I mean, I think she's just trying to kind of pull herself together and doesn't quite know what to do with herself. And she's just trying to figure it out. And she's got the three kids and they're in this new, new house. And it's a big undertaking. She's come, you know, trying to do these things to kind of help repair, you know, um, some of the things that are kind of falling apart and see as she's examining a part of the wall, looks like needs to replace some drywall and things like that. Um, and just kind of trying to figure things out. Tyler's kind of doing his own thing and trying to acclimate to school. Bodie's kind of just being Bodie and she's just, I think feeling kind of alone. Um, you know, I feel, Mm -hmm. feel kind of bad for her. I know I, I read some, you know, folks that say they're really annoyed with her. Um, and I can see that, but it's like, well, I don't know. I feel really bad for, for her. Yeah, no, I actually liked her a lot in the first episode and I'm not annoyed with her at all for being emotional or feeling scared or being tentative about fitting in. But this guy, Scott is so welcoming that he succeeds in drawing her in, which is great. I'm just talking about the part where she said, you're, you're scaring me. I don't recognize Mm -hmm. you anymore because it didn't make sense for what we're seeing, Mm -hmm. but either, um, we don't know how it used to be and he's doing something different or more likely she's just kind of being a bit extreme because she is feeling so emotional, which like you said is understandable. So yeah, I wouldn't go as far as to say that I, um, I did say it was a bit annoying, but I, I feel like it's more a little bit of a failure in the writing, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to imply that you thought that I just, I know that other f- people do feel that way. So um, I, I, I can understand why just, but I don't, yeah, I, I agree with you. 
I agree with what you said. I, that, that, I was confused by that line, but now that you mm-hmm. explain it that way, that probably just makes sense. She's just um, highly emotional in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Well, that was my number two. Um, that was my number one. That was your number one. Oh, okay. Well, we talked about my, well, I guess you talked probably more about it. My number one um, earlier, but my number one is Bodie the Key Finder. Um, I was so excited when he found that head key. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was a, an interesting place. I thought, who did it? Did someone actually hide it in that old vacuum cleaner or did it get sucked up in the vacuum cleaner? Right. So I thought, well, what was it? I don't know. I feel like the keys were intentionally hidden, so I have to, I guess, kind of lean that someone actually hid it there. But then what do you do when you throw the damn bag away? Because that's one of those old vacuum cleaners with a bag. So Oops. you have to, you know, take the bag out and you, you toss it in the trash. That would kind of suck. Um, there goes the head key. Um, so I, I don't know how it initially got there, but I I was so excited when he pulls it out and he's, you know, they kind of the way that they have it filmed and he's holding it kind of like twirling it and stuff. And you can see the shape of the head. And I just got so excited. I was like, yeah, I know what that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's one cool thing about this show is, you know, there's all these keys hidden. And so he could find a new one at any time. And it'll it's really interesting to find out what it is, what it's going to do and everything. Is it going to be? scary or cool or what right like will it be menacing like the mirror key because i think that's kind of good that they're getting that exposure we've got the anywhere key which used correctly it could be fun and interesting and very powerful um it could be i guess used in a bad way uh she's using it echo's using it in a bad way but but good for her good for her i guess but yeah that mirror key you probably don't ever want to use it yourself the only thing you would ever want to use it for is if you were really cruel and you wanted to give it to one of your enemies right but there may that fire key that we saw in the beginning you probably don't ever want to use that and so who knows how many of the keys are going to be like that, or it's more like a curse or something. Right. Yeah. And, and, and well, I mean, I don't even know. I know that that's how he used that fire key, but is that how it's intended? Is that what its purpose is? I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we know that they can be menacing. And I feel like, you know, is, is Bodie kind of learning that? And it, it's fun to see him try it in different keys. We saw the ghost door again. The, that big door with the skeletons on it or whatever that's in the library that they always kind of keep lingering on. Um, so it's fun to see him, you know, trying to put it in all of these keyholes and it's not working. He even tries it on a mirror, you know, thinking, well, hey, that one went in a mirror last time. And then when he does discover, you know, uh, when he's uh, in that shop with Tom Savini and he turns around and he saw that keyhole open and how he kind of leans up and kind of looks at the key, looks at the hole. He's like, Oh, I think I'm making a connection here. (laughs) That was just such a cute little scene. Um, And then when he decides to use it on himself, I was like, I was getting so excited. Um, And I'm, I'm sure lots of folks who've read the comics um, probably was feeling some similar excitement. I'm guessing, Um, you know, how he used it on himself. And it's, I thought really cute how he was using the mirror. And I thought, I don't, I don't know. That would totally freak me out. I don't know this yeah. Bodie. You don't know what it's going to do. I know. It's like, he looks scared. He looks scared. He's like, all right, I'm going to go for he's it. He's just completely. Why would he even do that? He's just curious. He's, huh? He doesn't have any other reason to do it. No, but 
you know, <laughs> because it's like, yeah, you don't know what it's going to do. We've seen that we know what the anywhere key can do. He saw what the mirror key can do. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. How, he's, After the mirror key, I, I don't I don't know if I would use any more of the keys. I, I know. I'd be pretty darn right? scared about what their use would. You, you almost lost your mom and your brother forever yeah and now this thing you know what's it gonna do if it's you know if because it's clearly you have to insert it into some someone like that you know um (laughs) so what's it gonna do once once it happens and he's taking a huge risk i mean i feel like it's definitely um the you know being a younger child or the youngest child i feel like the the youngest kids of a group are always the most fearless (laughs) like that's yeah how it always goes um whether it's and they feel invincible yeah like oh i've you know i've been through it all and and i i have no fear i feel like er- everybody that i know that have multiple kids the the baby of that group of kids is always the most fearless and they're the daredevil they're the ones that are monkeys and they're climbing up on the high shelves or they're the ones jumping off of the shelves um or just you know completely fearless so i feel yeah. like that's the my yeah, my Bodhi would be sticking that in his brother's head just right away. I, you think he'd do it to <laughs> to Nico, but not himself? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> just because he, you know, he's more of an outward focused kind of kid. <laughs> I think you're right. I know he'd he'd use it on someone for sure. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, he was going to be like, stop. <laughs> chasing around the house with a little key um, <laughs> that's funny yeah so i thought he's certainly a lot braver well i guess it, we can either say brave or stupid i don't know based on having just had the experience with the mirror key um which was just the night before it's it's you know you have to think about how much time has has passed here it's only been you know two not days much. so having just had that experience i was really surprised by how easy uh, maybe not so surprised maybe i shouldn't have been so surprised knowing how Bodie is we don't want him to be too careful because we want to yeah find i want to find out what, what the heck happens. it is yeah and i yeah. i love that i i really thought that was super cool how they did um and i i want to be careful about what i say because i don't want to talk because i i i know in the comics like what happens but it's different it's different yeah so. in my opinion um since we didn't really see how the key worked in this episode Mm -hmm. we know it there's this crate that he goes inside but we don't really know anything more than that Mm -hmm. yet that even in the comic talk section we should hold off on saying on describing how the head key works until we see it actually working in the show that's what i think so maybe next episode yeah i think that's a good idea but i liked that what they decided to do with the interpretation um of showing bodhi how he's kind of outside of himself and kind of had a yeah, out, out of cool. body experience was kind of interesting, kind of creepy. I can't imagine being Tyler and Kinsey as they're having their conversation out in the hallway and they look to see their little brother just standing very still in their room. And as you get closer, you see the key sticking out of the back of his Right. <laughs> What's going like, on here? What and then the hell? a copy of him pops out of a chest. Hey guys. Yeah, come check this out. <laughs> That's what I love about this whole thing. It's so trippy. It is. Like, who would have thought of this? Yeah, I, I meant to try and pause my... That was a little dark for me on my TV. Maybe I need to lighten it up a little bit and kind of pause a little bit more. But I was looking at uh, what was shown outside of the toy chest. So we don't um, want to talk about yet 
what that means, but I know I saw like G.I. Joe on the side of it and I don't, I didn't, that's all that I saw. I need to kind of pause that, go back and rewatch and hit the pause and maybe lighten up my screen a little bit. I couldn't make out everything that was on the outside of that toy chest. Um, but I'm, I can't wait for the next episode. So me too. Yeah. Anyway, that was, that was my number one, just him finding that head key and his exploration of what, what to do with it. Cause it was fun to see his little adventures, what to do um, with it. And I like their interpretation of it so far. I think it was interesting. So anyway, that was my number one. Do you have any notes? Yeah, just a few. Um, I'll start off on a negative so I can end on more positives. <laughs> um, the music I realized last episode, I mentioned that I didn't love it. And this episode, even less like it's pleasant and it sounds like nice music, mm-hmm. but I, I think it's all wrong for this show because it's way too peppy and perky and plucky and it feels very Disney. And I think the show already is trying to go in the direction of being lighter than the comic. So I feel like they should have counteracted that with some music that's a little more eerie Mm -hmm. uh, during these scenes when he's Bodhi's coming up on a door and you don't know what's on the other side. The music just kills the tension for me and the dramatic impact. And I'm going to have to try my best to try to ignore that. But so far I'm just like, I feel like it's all wrong. The score is all wrong. Yeah. I, I don't know if I feel as strongly about it as what you do, but I get what you're saying because music's a big part. Music can play such a huge part of setting a tone and, and huge. Yeah. So if, if you're not feeling that, then, you know, that's, that's a big impact. Yeah. I'm just going to, yeah, get like the lost soundtrack and turn down the sound and just play that (laughs) (laughs) when I'm watching it. That'll do it. Uh, I liked, this is a silly little thing, but the whole thing where he's going around with his little lightsaber and he hears a growling and it turns out to be the toilet with uh, Duncan coming out of the bathroom. That was really effective because it was kind of freaking me out. And then Mm -hmm. it was a funny kind of relief. that was effective uh scott the english kid talking about scones um i i went to england a few times for a walker stalker and had scones and they're different in england in england in in the u.s scones are these kind of uh oval almond shaped and they're pretty big and they're hard and dry and in england they're more like little what we think of as biscuits here they're round and they're softer and you put um cream and jam on it and uh so it's it's a bit different i mean english listeners if there are any let me know if i'm on the right track with this but he was talking about scones and i think they were both thinking of two different things in their heads Mm. well i'm schooled (laughs) because of where he's from with the great british baking show so i feel like i do know what a true i haven't had a true English scone, but I feel like I have seen them made quite well. Seen them, yeah. Um, and they look yeah. delicious. Um, yeah. According to I think they're better GBBO. over there. Yeah. It sounds amazing. Yeah. And then the last thing is the Dean, Joe Ridgeway. I recognize him. I'm like, where do I know him? And mm-hmm. he's played by Steve, Stephen Williams, who was the police captain in <gasps> 21, 21 Jump, Jump Street. Street. <laughs> Back in the, I think, like early 90s or late 80s. Yeah. That was the show that put Johnny Depp on the map. And I've probably seen every episode of that. I think I've probably seen every single episode. I started to decline in my watch 
I wasn't as dedicated towards end, when yeah. towards the end and when Richard Grieco kind of took the place of Johnny Depp. Yeah. Johnny Depp was all no. it for me. Yeah, so. me too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't replace him. No, I <laughs> he was, was just too cool. I was pretty bummed out when when Johnny did because I was I was hooked. You could not get me peel me away from that TV when Johnny Depp was on that screen. I was hooked. <laughs> but yeah, when he decided to leave for bigger and better things, which of course look where he's at today. But um yeah, when they replaced him with Richard Grieco, I was like, Who's this clown? Um, <laughs> don't like him. Yeah. yeah. So that's all I got. Those were really good notes. I actually covered all of my notes as we were um, conversing in our top five, and um, then you covered everything else. So I don't really have anything to add. So okay. that was good. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I don't have any news this week because as I looking for the news everything like from beginning to end is covered and it's really difficult to find something specific to the episode um or that doesn't completely spoil me so um i don't have news this week so sorry guys hopefully yeah the next time we have news it'll be that it's been renewed yeah and that's what i keep looking for because i'm like well that Mm -hmm. wouldn't be spoilery so i'm okay if i see that but i that's not what's coming across right now news is all about ooh, let's talk about that season ender spoiler let's or let's Mm -hmm. talk about and i'm like no let's not um so i I feel like i have to be really careful it's that's just the nature of when we're covering netflix shows it's i wish i had more news to kind of offer but um without spoiling myself I don't have anything this week. So that will actually take us into our listener feedback portion. So I'll take this first one here. It comes from our good friend, Doug Fick. He says, first off, great to hear Jason on the cast. OG in the hizzle. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Just to get the tuck talk out of the way, I too cannot leave an appendage outside of my bed covers for fear of it being lopped off or dragged under the bed Mm. by an ominous being. Oh, good. I'm glad that we're not alone in that. (laughs) Or that um, Mm -hmm. it's not just a childish thing. Um, So he he goes on. And now on to episode two. It seems as you become... um, seems as you become or are an adult, you forget your experiences with the house and what the keys can do. Case in point, the mom in episode one with the mirror key and Duncan not recalling his childhood other than aloha. <laughs> is, it, <laughs> is it me or do the kids seem a little too nonchalant about finding the keys and what they can do? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, Ellie seems to know something, and I think that maybe Rufus might be a half-brother to the locks. He and Bodie and G.I. Joe's, and when they saw each other in the storage shed outside, they were wearing the same color scheme on their coats and shirt. Echo living the carbo-loading life with the anywhere key and throw in a little murder to boot. Sadistic much? She definitely wasn't on keto, was she? Um, In in that (laughs) restaurant. (laughs) Um, she hasn't eaten in a hundred years oh well yeah I would drink the syrup too Um, (laughs) Doug goes on thinking the high school backdrop is a little too pretty and pink meets she's all that with the douchey jocks prissy girl and the smart sensitive love interest one love the Savini cameo nice touch by the creators so Sam Lesser was not some random guy who stumbled across the streets of the key house I like how he knew the locks and that that is why he was calling out uh, Kinsey during the murder. And notice when the dad was talking to Tyler about uh, taking Lester under his wing, there is a side shot of Tyler and you can see a picture of the lock house on the wall. Yeah, I noticed that. Did you see that? Mm-mm. Yeah, there was as 
Tyler sitting in, in his, his office. dad's office. Um, they kind of okay. do a side shot a little bit, uh, like a 45 yeah. degree kind of side shot of Tyler. And you can see what I thought. It was kind of hard. It went kind of fast. I didn't pause it, but it did look like lock um, or key house back there behind him. Mm. Yeah. Good, good observation. Um, so he says, yeah, and you can see a picture of the log house on the wall. PTSD scene with Kinsey was well done, and I like the range she is showing. Her storyline seems the most compelling so far. I think we have potential here. Here's my idea for season two, a mashup of Lost and Kean Peel. John Locke and Keenan Michael Key, a supernatural crime fighting <laughs> pals. One's black, one's white, one's a hot shot. The other is near retirement. <laughs> they will do whatever it takes to solve the mystery, but they just might get each other killed. Looking forward to the rest of the show and podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Doug. Uh, what's a guy, Terry O'Quinn? Mm-hmm. He was in some shows after Lost, but I never got into any of them. No, I don't know you, if he's still you, out there. Well, you really did not like one show that he was in post Lost, um, season one of Castle Rock. Uh, he, oh, he was he at the prison or something? I forget. Mm-hmm. He was the warden of Shawshank. Warden, yeah. Now that you mentioned that, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad to see him and stuff, and he's always great. Terry O'Quinn's amazing. I've yeah. loved him for in many roles. He was in the first X Files movie too. Liked him in that. That was another thing I didn't like about Lost that I didn't like what they did with his character at the end. <gasps> I thought he got the short shrift. I agree. God, John Locke was one of my favorite. Like, yeah, one of my favorite characters. Him and um, so yeah, I, just, I was so bummed. Him and Ben Linus. Yeah, I like Ben, but um, Jack, Jack and John Locke. Jack, yeah, Jack. Uh, we're getting into Lost here, but <laughs> he he was so angry, you know, mm-hmm. and he just got angrier and angrier. And I kept wondering if maybe uh, the actor, what's his name, Matthew Fox. My, yeah, Fo- what was his name? Matthew, what Fox? Matthew. Matthew Fox. Fox. That maybe he was just an angry guy. I think I read some things saying he might be, and so they just put that into his character. It worked. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I was like, dude, take a pill or something. Jeez. They were all out on the island. They needed a Dharma <laughs> okay. Thanks, Doug. Pake Allen says, love this second episode as well. Great to see Rufus. And I think just like all the other characters so far, the casting is perfect. Me too. Yeah. He was in the first episode, but just briefly. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm excited to see the head key as this is the one I was most looking forward to seeing in the show and how they handled it. All in all, two episodes in and I couldn't be happier with the adaptation. I think it works well. It doesn't need to be as gruesome as the books. Dark and mysterious is great, but I enjoy it not being too gorgeous or heavy works perfectly for me as a tele- television series version that's cool mm-hmm. yeah i agree i think it's nice when they can take something and they don't have to or they don't adapt it exactly the same you know kind of when it works anyway yeah i yeah i don't need it to be as gory as the comic but i want it to really capture the spirit of the comic and i think it's doing a pretty damn good job of that so far yeah I agree. And we're only two episodes in, so we've got a, yep. a long runway. 
<clears throat> Next one is from Lindsay Schlicht. She says, this episode was a little more enjoyable for me. Still very CW, but at least not Disney Channel anymore. <laughs> what is it with punk-ass kids always getting into shit on these shows? I was a little troublemaker too, but I think if the first key I found trapped my mom and brother in my closet mirror, I might be hesitant to stick the next key in the back of my own <laughs> neck. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Carl 2.0. No damn sense. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Does the mom seem off to anyone else? Lots of weird hints to me in both episodes. Not only forgetting the closet, but how about your teen daughter coming home upset, covered in blood, fake or not? Don't you maybe see what happened? Could have been a Carrie situation. Maybe check in on her. I think she's going to end up crazy or something. Yeah, I think she's not at her full capacity, hence the eggshells and the scrambled eggs and not and just being on top of paying the tuition bills and stuff like that. Yeah, and letting Bodhi just kind of go crazy all over Key House and he's going yeah. off in the woods and you know, he's home by himself as she goes to the hardware store, wherever it was that she was going and he was left alone, which you know, I, I don't you know, look, I was left alone a lot. I was a Lashkey kid when I grew up. And so I, I feel like that's not too terrible, but I just feel like, you know, she's definitely a little flighty and just, yeah, doesn't quite have her yeah. stuff together. You just gotta, all these guys are not at their best because of what happened. And I think you chalk it up to that. Mm -hmm. That's what's going on with her. For sure. And who knows what the degree of it is. It could be even worse than it looks. Uh, she's playing it so that you feel like there could be a lot going on under the surface that she's really just trying not to let out. That's what I see anyway. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> That was really great, guys. Thanks for that feedback. We also have a couple of voice messages that were sent to us this week. Um, first one we have is from our good friend, Derek. Hi, Riva Joe, Sean, and Jason. Derek here from Ireland, uh, calling in again about episode two of Lock and Key, Trapper Keeper. What an awful first date from Scott. Wow, he really needs to take into account the fact that Kinsey's dad had just died before showing her a horror right. movie. I know everybody wants to do a horror movie and watch horror movies, and that's the whole thing that their gang does, um, but probably plan that one better. Uh, also, sticking her in the movie and covering her in blood. Mm, yeah, this is a bad date, really. I'm not sure if he can recover from this one. Um, another powerful key in this episode with Bodhi being able to explore his own mind. Aren't we lucky we didn't get the mind of Tyler to begin with, uh, full of anger and uh, violence, you know, setting it up here that it's got the mind of a child is full of joyfulness kind of thing. Really good idea. But really giving you that sense that something really bad could happen if you went into somebody else's mind. Nice little touch with uh, the cameo from Tom Savini, also with a key on the back of his head. Hmm. Don't know whether I'm sure I'd like to be inside his mind um, <laughs> if I had the key to it. Anyway, another good, interesting episode of Lock and Key. Looking forward to seeing more of this series uh, as it, the intrigue is really building up as to what's happened in the past and what their mother Nina can't remember and what she's blocking out of her mind. It seems like she probably has been told maybe in the past or something has happened to her that maybe her mind has been locked to any new information about uh, what's happened with her husband and their father uh, in the past. Maybe it's something like that but uh, very intriguing i like the uh, like the build up to the mystery in this series that's it for my thoughts on episode two of lock and key hope you're enjoying it looking forward to hearing your podcast about it thanks very much bye that's great so great thank you derek so much for calling in and leaving that voice message 
Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Yeah, I hope you keep hope you keep calling in. I know. I, I keep he's he's doing me a solid. I I requested him to do that, and um, mm-hmm. he's doing that instead of just leaving regular feedback because he knows I'm a sucker for an accent. So it was really nice of him. <laughs> Thank you, Derek. We also have a voice message from our good friend Steve Brown. Hey, Evil Kinsey reflection. Are you just a mold hallucination? <laughs> hey, strange indeed. Uh, Jason and Rima, it's Steve, and this is for Trapper Keeper. Love that. I, I love the titles of these uh, these episodes with Lock and Key. I had a Trapper Keeper as a kid. I'm sure probably most of us did. Um, they grew up in the 80s. Um, just a couple of quick notes. That I really loved the, the way the tension went kind of back and forth was really good with Bodie when he was messing with those knives and, and then uh, no, those, those swords on the wall and then with uh, Uncle Duncan in the bathroom. I thought that was that was great. It sounded like it was a key. Um, who gives a child a bear trap? I'm a little confused about that. You know, hey, I can help you with it. Oh, no, I'm fine. I'm just going to take this bear trap up to my room. It just didn't... Uh, <laughs> Um, Echo, hmm, on the crazy hot scale. She's tipping the scales a little bit to the crazy side, uh, murdering somebody. <laughs> That's probably taking it a bit too far. I'm assuming that guy was was killed, and we're going to find out probably later something about it. And, of course, then she, she hurts our precious Bodhi or starts to hurt our precious Bodhi. And um, absolutely loved seeing Stephen Williams. I, uh, I've been a fan of his since 21 Jump Street. If you have gone to see the Harley Quinn Birds of Prey movie, you know that he plays a character in that movie. He was in Supernatural. He was a recurring character. And so to see him here was was really, really cool. And that ending, whoosh, I'm definitely going straight into episode three after I send this to you guys. Can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Talk to you later. <laughs> the, awesome. the bear trap thing... Um, that Rufus gives it to him. I mean, Rufus is another kid, so you can't really hold him up to adult standards, giving another kid a dangerous thing. He's a little older, but I think he's like a special needs kid mm-hmm. comes off that way. So I think that's, that's why he was so careless with it. Mm-hmm. He did. He, he's, he, yeah, he was a little careless and I think giving it to him, but I think like you said, I think it's um, indicating he he has special needs, but he did have some good advice. He's like, you know, hey, be really careful. You could lose a a finger or a hand. And, you know, and then he was giving him smart advice, like think about what your enemy wants the most, you know. Um, So he's there's something there. But, yeah, he's kind of like, hey, you're you're pretty put together kind of kid. I'm going to. I think you can handle the spare trap. (laughs) And he Mm -hmm. did. And then it was it was great the way he tried to open it and it snapped shut and it's like dude be careful and then he pushes it open really hard yeah that was cool (laughs) that was great feedback guys thank you to everyone that wrote in and left voice messages um please continue to do so we're having a really great time um, hearing your feedback and getting your thoughts so keep them coming All right. So our next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about the comic. So if you guys don't want to hear um, our comic talk and hear things that are in the comic versus the show, then you can skip ahead a little bit of that starting in three, two, one. So now we can talk a little bit about um, some of that. What do do you have any initial thoughts first off or any comparisons? Sure. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't really want to get into the mechanics of the head key too much, mm-hmm. how it works. But I will say, since they showed that chest, that 
in the comic, when you plug the head key in, then what happens? you get a duplicate of yourself <laughs> looking at yourself, but your head pops open. Yes. <laughs> the guy with the key. Yes. It's like uh, it's like the lid of a cookie jar or something. So let's not say what they see inside. But um, so so that that was part of what I loved about the head key. And it looks like we're not going to get that. So I'm a little bummed, but I think they could still pull it off in a way that captures some of the magic of it. That'll be satisfying. So I'm still excited to see how it works. I don't know how they, yeah, I don't know how they could have done that without being so grotesque. Uh, In the comic, it was great. Um, It wasn't gross in the comic. It was just clean. Yeah. It, well, yeah, it it was, but it's like, how could they do that and i don't know i don't know if they could have pulled i guess that they couldn't in, in yeah the i mean maybe if they had a bigger budget or something i don't know i was i was a bit disappointed but i'm still excited to see how it works yeah um a couple other things that i i just remembered is uh bodhi talking to his gi joe action figure i remember that from the comics mm-hmm. a lot and he would say things like permission to speak freely sir go ahead i'm starting to think we need some more powerful weapons and um i think the kid pulled it off really good that i could see something like that not working very well but the, that kid is just so good so He's absolutely adorable I, it was it was cute and i like that rufus had his gi joe too just like in the in the comic and then the very last thing is in the book the scott character i don't even know if it was the same name maybe maybe it was but anyway He's much more, it seems unusual and quirky looking and kind of goth and maybe a little more um, like not as emotionally intelligent. This kid is a bit more charming than I thought Scott was in the book. I mean, Scott in the book is charming in his own way, mm-hmm. but this kid seems a bit too cool uh, compared to the character i mean i like him a lot he seems like a really warm person and he's a good guy and everything but it doesn't quite match up with the vision that i would have had of this character yeah i agree there was some differences yeah that's all i that came to mind for me well and i agree with you what you said just to kind of backtrack what you were talking about Bodhi, and you know how he's kind of you know exploring the house and he's talking with his action figure i feel like that was more at least in the comics, we had Rufus doing that a little bit more. Oh, so Bodhi wasn't doing it he, in the comics? He had his G.I. Joe, I feel, but I feel like as far as the, the talking, talking back, back and, and forth. forth, that was more of a Rufus thing, I think, yeah, um, in, you're in the right, books. Yeah. So um, I feel like he was kind of adapting some of Rufus's mannerisms a little bit as he's exploring and acting like he's on a mission and... You know, mm-hmm. so I feel like that's, you know, we didn't get that that's from Rufus. Difference. Yeah, they're kind of, you know, trading. Because I think there's been some different dialogue between the characters that was in the comic versus who said it in the show. And maybe that's mm. just kind of another thing that they're kind of giving Bodhi um, that as well. But it was super cute um, still. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Bodhi's swords, the shot of Bodhi as he's climbing up to get the swords down from the mantle, that's taken almost directly from the comics as well. Um Lucas's introduction. So Ellie's mention of Lucas as her boyfriend and Rendell's best friend is the first time the character is referenced. Um, and in the comics, Lucas plays a much larger role. Um, so I think uh, it would be kind of interesting to, I think, kind of see where where they go with that. But she definitely had uh, that haunted expression. Like I said, I think there's just more to that. Um, mm. well, but doesn't Lucas's stuff come later? Yeah. In the comic? Yeah, so we might still get we it, might. right? 
Yeah. Um, I don't want to spoil yeah. spoil it just up to what's happened at this point. Right. Um, we talked about the head key. I, I was curious how they were going to do that. I don't know if I was... I think I was okay with it. I was really anxious uh, when, when you know, like I said, I was really excited when I saw when Bodhi found the head key. And I was like, oh, how are they going to do this? How are they going to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought they handled it pretty well. Um, instead of having his his head kind of peel open like a or open up like the hood of a car, um, so I don't know. I, I was like, how are they gonna? I know when I was reading, I was like, how are they gonna handle that in in the show? I, I just didn't think they were gonna be able to do it. I thought maybe. I think they should. I wish they would have tried. Maybe I don't know. I have to go and read what their budget was. I don't know that they because I feel like they've got a pretty good budget maybe, but maybe it was too much CGI or something. I can't imagine yeah. that that would be an easy effect to pull off. But. I feel like. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, if they can make a keyhole appear in the back of your head, but that's a lot simpler than popping up some open someone's head like a cookie jar and seeing what's inside. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm okay with it. I'm okay with that. I think that it's an okay interpretation um, of of that event and scene in the comic. And then mm-hmm. also... It might open up some even new possibilities, so we'll have to see. Yeah, that's true. Since you seem to be able to go down inside there, so that... That could be different. Exactly. I can't wait to see what's in there. I'm excited to watch the next episode tonight um, and see how they um, get to explore. And, you know, um, so also I, I noted Rufus said he was adopted when he was talking to Bodhi yeah. in the comics. He's not adopted. So mm. I don't know, like, if that what that's about. Yeah, if that's yeah. meaningful or if it if it mean, makes any type of difference in how they're going to handle his character. But um, that was a difference. And then, you know, a big, big change is Nina. Nina was a lot different in the comics. She was a drunk, which I think they kind of le- kind of showed a little bit or didn't really show. But when Ellie was first introduced to her and she's like, hi, I'm Ellie. And she gifts her with that um, artisan gin that's locally yeah. made. And you could kind of see Nina. She's kind of like. Ah, uh, thanks. Oh, like, yeah. She's yeah, you should. It's kind of touchy to give strangers alcohol, right? So just in case, yeah, because <laughs> you don't know. And so I think right. that they're kind of hinting because she wasn't quite like, oh wow, thanks. She was kind of like, right. oh thanks. And so yeah, she was different in I, the comics. She was a drunk. I remember her being, life. yeah, really just not dealing at all. Uh-oh. And just being pretty much totally absent and mm-hmm. kind of useless because she's so grieving and drunk. And yeah, Nina, TV Nina may be heading for that. Maybe. She might be. I, I certainly don't know that. But I know that right now she's definitely a lot different than, than how we know her. So there's a difference mm-hmm. there. Um, so far, that's all that I have for my notes. And you didn't have anything else? Nope. Cool. Well, I think that was good. <clears throat> okay, so... Next week. So next week we'll be covering episode three of Lock and Key called Head Games. Woo-hoo. <laughs> uh, it says locating a powerful new key sends Bodhi's spirit soaring. Tyler's simmering rage boils over. Kinsey realizes just how much her fear is holding her back. Oh, all that stuff makes me really excited. Yeah, I think we're going <laughs> to really be getting into some good stuff. I'm pretty excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool to see that so well speaking of being excited we're excited for you to follow us into key house but until then you can follow us on twitter at strange tcast 
You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stranger cast. And you can check us out on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod. You can email us at stranger things cast pod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV time app. And you can find strange indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Please go out and leave a review for strange indeed on Apple podcasts. And you can find all of Jason's podcasts on Podcastica, speaking of great podcasts, um, such as The mm-hmm. Walking Dead cast. So you guys just um, released an episode, what, last night, today? What What's all that about? Yeah, so because it's been three months in between uh, the first and second half of season 10 of The Walking Dead... I just saw a lot of people go, man, it feels like it's been forever. And Mm -hmm. I was feeling like that too. And I uh, didn't even, I only did one podcast in uh, January because I released the Jason and Karen episode for the second one. So Mm -hmm. all this is just to say, it's been a while since I've podcasted and it was just really good to get back to it. So we did an episode kind of catching everyone up on season 10 so far. And it was really fun because it refreshed my memory on everything. And I think, um, if you guys are into The Walking Dead, you'll enjoy getting refreshed on all of it. And Lucy and I really like this season so far. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we were pretty excited to re- get into it and remember the highlights and stuff like that. And then next week, of course, season 10, episode nine is uh, airing this Sunday and we'll be coming right back in with weekly podcasts for it. Yay! Well, we're really excited to have you. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited for the second half of the season. I'm excited mm-hmm. for you guys to be back podcasting about it. I can't wait to listen to this Thanks. episode and kind of just get back in that vibe and kind of get, you know, yeah. because I, I, you, you kind of just move on to things, right? In the interim, whenever the, the, the first half of the season's over and you're kind of like, oh crap, well, what oh, am I going to yeah. do? So then you kind of move on to other things. Mandalorian. And, and yeah. Just totally different tracks. Yeah. So now it's kind of like the outsider. get you all excited for, <laughs> oh gosh, the outsider. Oh, don't get me started. Um, <laughs> so good. But yeah, it, it's good to kind of get back in the headspace of The Walking Dead and kind of, I, I like that you did that to kind of give everyone a refresher and kind of like, this is where we left off and here's what we hope for. I think that's good. Um, kind of get everyone back in that mindset. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for that next one. You know, what's kind of a bummer is Karen's just not into it anymore. She, yeah. she watched through episode six and she, and I kept trying to get her to watch seven because, uh, there's some thing that happens that mm-hmm. kind of blew my mind and she's just like, I can't bring myself to watch it. So Aww. I think she's kind of done. Such yeah. And it's, it sucks cause we're all thinking how great it is, but she's just had enough. So, um, I'm going to have her come back after season 10 is over for our 10th anniversary Hells yeah. and celebrate that. Yeah. But otherwise I think she's done with the walking dead. That is a bummer. I understand. I know she had yeah. some, you know, it was tough during a few of those seasons where everybody, you know, a lot of people kind of left, um, you know, a couple of seasons ago, you know, they just had a really yeah. hard time with, with, what was going on in the show. And I don't want to talk too much about it. Cause I don't want to get too spoiler in case someone's not that right. caught up, but you know, there was, I think a, a lot of people that kind of had a lot of similar feelings like Karen. And it's a shame that, you know, cause I think a lot of us kind of felt that way, but we stuck with it. And then we saw this resurgence in, in the writing and they got a new showrunner, Angela Kings who'd done a really great job. Um, but she's not, uh, she's not feeling yeah, it. She's I not think feeling she's it, just so it's, tired it's of it, yeah. but that's okay. I always told her if it's not fun anymore, then, then it's not worth doing. So yep. luckily, 
Lucy's into it and I have fun podcasting with her. So yeah. she'll be on most of the episodes this season. Yeah, and Lucy's great. I mean, mm. every, we yeah. all love Karen, but I, I get her feelings and understand and respect it. Um, and if we have to have a substitute for Karen, then Lucy is, a, a you know, she's perfect to step in those shoes. Yeah, she's awesome. <clears throat> all right. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, I'm Rayma. And I'm Jason. And Chris Lang is strange indeed. Aloha. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah.